Now, we all know that Martin can metabolise a pint in five minutes, but I bet even he wouldn't turn his nose up at getting free beer delivered to his door. Yes, our friends at Beer 52 are offering our listeners a free case of eight unique craft beers. Just go to www.beer52.com forward slash WTAF and cover the postage of $5.95. Beer 52 is the world's largest beer club. Even Big Mandy is welcome, but not Colin. He's an utter bozo. Each month, members are sent a crate of beer with different themes. Don't like dark beer? Then choose the light option. Comes with a magazine and two snacks, BLT and crumpets not included. Don't be a cockwomble. Just go to www.beer52.com forward slash WTAF to get this amazing offer. That's www.beer52.com forward slash WTAF. Here's your chance to win your own personal video message from Martin McClough, courtesy of Celebrity Video Messages. I don't work with clowns, I only work with kings. For your chance to win, just answer this question. In minutes, how quickly can Martin metabolise a pint? Don't you think I've got better things to do? Email WTAFthiscountry at hotmail.com with your answer. Closing date is the 19th of September. Best in the West. And remember, you can get your own celeb video message from Martin and loads more celebs at celebvm.com. Top notch. The following podcast contains strong language, like what the actual fuck. This is Charlie, and you're listening to What the Actual Fuck. Scarecrow Festival is like the most important day of the year. This is just ridiculous. What the actual fuck? Hey, what the actual fuckers, and welcome to WTAF of this country podcast. Now, first, he's the man that likes cats, he likes hats, and he likes cats in hats. It's Neil. That's very true. What a book. I've read it more than once. (laughs) Dr. Seuss, isn't it? It is. It Not is. such a good film, though, I can remember. Oh, Mike, Myers. Mike Myers, wasn't it? Oh, well, yeah. Yeah, well, we'll forget the film. Move on to the book. I'm still waiting for that sequel. A cat in an even bigger hat. <laughs> Indeed. Well done, Neil. Well done. Now, our superfan guest this episode is a TV and radio presenter, a TV beauty expert, so Neil will be wanting to pick up some tips, and a writer. Please welcome to WTAF, Gina Akers. Yay! Hey. Hi, thank you so much for, for having me on and inviting me and letting me be involved. Well, it's a pleasure. Now, we met you... First of all, at the Series 3 preview night, didn't we? That's right. Yes. Because you were there, uh, I think you were there, you were interviewing Daisy and Charlie beforehand. No, I didn't. Oh, you didn't get to interview I was reviewing. No, I didn't unfortunately get an interview because it was so busy on the night. There was so Mm. much going on. We we were hoping to, but um, unfortunately it didn't happen on that occasion. I have interviewed Paul Cooper aka Martin Mucklow <laughs> and uh, I'm from Swindon so I've, I've pretty much you know the accent is you know instilled in me from birth yeah. um 
Uh, yeah, so, and it was an amazing night. Yeah, it was awesomeness. It was great to meet you guys. We met outside. It was quite cold, actually. It was cold. Very cold. Yeah. <laughs> I can't let us in. Bloody, bloody hell. <laughs> I know, I know. But is, did, is that the first preview night that you'd been to for this country? Yeah, um, with various things going on. I hadn't been to any of the others. Uh, it's weird, really, because I'm obviously working in writing as a journalist I review all sorts of different things all the time um I've got this weird influencer tag attached to me as well which I'm not majorly fond of but there's no kind of other word to explain it I suppose and and, and other people seem to be fond of using that label so let's you know whatever let's go with it um so I do all sorts of you know I, I, I review things from food which is always good um loads of afternoon teas and you can never get enough cake definitely had too much of that in lockdown for sure uh, I actually spent most of my time in lockdown. You can't have enough, can you? <laughs> you actually make your own cakes to eat. Yes, I did. And that's the problem, isn't it? Because you make the cake, but then you've got to spend the time eating the cake because you can't not eat the cake. And yeah. obviously, depending on how many there are in the home, I don't have any children. So cake is, is pretty safe in that respect in my home, but it's not safe for me. But it's actually quite time consuming. You know, you make the cake, you eat the cake, then you think about what the next cake is going to be. <laughs> again. It's funny you say that because I, I made an apple pie. A big apple. I bought a brand new bowl thing to put the apple pie in, thinking everybody's going to love this. And I made it. It looked gorgeous. And then I found out that nobody in the house liked apple pie. So I had to eat the whole apple pie myself. Bonus. <laughs> it wasn't really because I love apple pie. And before, by the time I'd finished it, I, I never wanted to see another apple pie again. OD on apple pie. Yeah, I'm all right now. I'll, I'll gladly like yeah. eat another apple pie now. But it was like, and it was really nice. And I was so worried that I thought, oh, nobody else wants. Oh, I'm going to have to just eat it now. Oh, and I got, I got. One sitting, one sitting. No, 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 no. Oh. It wasn't in one sitting. No, no. God, about three or four. It got to the point that I got so lazy that all I did was empty a can of custard into the bowl that the apple pie was already in. <laughs> no heat, way. Didn't heat the, the, the custard up and just ate it out of the bowl that it was cooked in instead of, like, portioning myself a bit out. It was That's like, um, those, what's those things that grannies love? My nan used to love them. Those custard slices. You basically custard. had, like, a deconstructed custard slice. Yes. <laughs> you made that. You invented that. Oh. That's a lockdown achievement. Oh, I don't think it's an achievement at all. Found, founder, founder, creator, the deconstructed custard slice. Oh, dear so that can be a new thing, you know? Do you think? Yeah. No, I don't oh. think so. Uh, anyway, this is a This Country uh, podcast. So when did the show actually get on your radar? Quite early on, because there, it, it's obviously um, based not far from where I live. Um, I'm, I'm a West Country girl born just outside of Swindon in the countryside. So I related to all of the countryside elements and the rural elements. Um, I grew up part of my childhood in, in the countryside in little villages just outside of Swindon. Uh, so I was born in Purton, raised in, in Braden and Lydia Millicent. I uh, went to a very country school. So I related to all those kind of, you know, kids going to school in the country kind of things. You're having to walk through Calpat to get to school and all those <laughs> kinds of things. And, and cross country for us at school literally was jumping through bogs of Calpats and being chased by cows. Um, you know, it, so, so I relate to all, all of that stuff. Um, 
and no buses, things like that. Um, lots of busy bodies and curtain twitches. So yeah, it, it came onto my radar really quite early on because of, of the countryside kind of element that I was familiar with, with, with growing up with. And then uh, also, and, and again, my, my later teen years, I spent a lot of time on Wharton Bassett. Mm-hmm. Um, Royal, sorry, Royal, I can still call it Royal. Bassett, because, <laughs> you know, I'm from there. But um, yeah, Royal Wharton Bassett. Um, and yeah, so I relate to all that. And, and with it being so nearby, and, and also it's like kind of like, because I'm a bit of a weird one, I, I kind of have one side of my family that very much brought me up with no accent whatsoever to, you know, be very, you know, kind of um, easy English kind of, you know, like that, like the real sort of pure English voice. And then I have my mum's side of the family, who are very Wiltshire, indeed. Right. And so I was hearing those accents. Um, that's a bit more Bristolian, that one. Um, <laughs> that kind of sounded like me and a lot of my family. And you don't really hear that on TV. You do hear the Bristol accent. Mm. You know, and, and, you, and you hear sometimes Cornish, Devon. We don't normally hear the, the sort of West Country, like, like in terms of Wiltshire and, and Gloucester. And, and Cotswolds and all yeah, that area. Yeah, Cotswolds yeah. Accent. Yeah, you don't really hear that. And, you know, hearing people say, say bugger, right, <laughs> on TV, <laughs> things like that, which in London I used to get, when I first moved to London years ago and I was working there, that was the one thing used to give me away. No one could tell where I was from until that came out. <laughs> <laughs> and then immediately go, oh, you've got to be from somewhere near Bristol, haven't you? And I'd be like, nope. <laughs> <laughs> but they, they, and, and also everyone asks me my date of birth that's the one that the year gives me away for some reason the way that comes out every time sounds very Wiltshire indeed so yeah but yeah it got on my radar because of those things really and and then obviously because it was just ridiculously funny and and it was my mum um which is why it's kind of real close to me as well because my mum passed away just at the end of last year and was a massive fan and oh, it was my right. mum that really got me into it because she absolutely adored uh, Daisy Kerry, you know, uh, mm. the character Kerry. She just thought was just the funniest thing ever. And, and, and Kerry's mum mm. as well. So, yeah. So, so, Gina, did any of the other characters me, yeah. resonate from you when you were growing up? Oh, big man. Yeah, you had a big I, man. Gonna, yeah, I tell you what, I'm going to get lynched for this. I'm going to so get my house plumbed. But <laughs> Bassett is full of big mans like literally <laughs> like but in the best way they're amazing they're just they're just like amazing people but the, 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 it's more kind of like the phrases mm. the things that they come out with um but yeah yeah or when or when I was spending a lot of time there there was there was lots of uh lots of amazing ladies that were like that you know real strong you know strong ladies and and uh just with just come out with the most cutting to the point fabulous things <laughs> and and people that you know you kind of always know what you're getting you know and you know you know where you stand with them which I think is great there's nothing worse than than kind of not knowing where you are with someone you know yeah, <laughs> the, 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 yeah okay all right you know I've got to stay away from you I get it <laughs> sort of person that you'd rather have as a friend than an enemy Oh, for sure. And you know what? I, I had a, loads of, I don't, I don't spend a lot of time there, unfortunately. And, you know, you kind of, this is pre-Facebook dates. You kind of, you know, end up losing these people, sadly. Um, but yeah, definitely. I, I had lots of, of friends. I got on with everybody there and I had a wonderful time. There was this like, I don't know why we're getting onto this, but it kind of relates to the, the rural thing. There was this one little tiny, if you could call it a nightclub. And it was called Venus. 
and um, literally there was nowhere else to go on a Friday or Saturday night when the pubs were shut, which pubs shut at normal times back then, you know, we're talking like midnight-ish, everyone just crammed into Venus. So literally, no matter what walk of life or what, what kind, of, um, kind of tribe you belong to in the village, it was a village back then, well, a small, very small town back then, um, barely that, um, you know, everyone crammed in there. So, and you all had a good time and got with everyone. There's usually, you know, a little bit of kerfuffle afterwards with <laughs> the same old people that, you know, always, and that, but it's kind of like um, tradition. It wouldn't have been <laughs> Friday or Saturday night in the village without that. So, you know. None yeah. of the big landers you knew then, Gina, didn't give you a homemade tattoo, did they? No, but if I'd asked them to, I think they might have. Piercing was quite in then, so I think that would have been quite likely. They already had quite a lot of, of piercings at the time. Um, but yeah, I think I think I, I definitely could have got uh, a homemade tattoo of like the town hall or something <laughs> like that, or you know, someone getting plumbed. Or yeah, <laughs> very likely. Um, yeah, there's loads of things. You know, again, there was always a story of. It's normally someone who saw leprechauns running down Wanton Bassett High Street like on a Friday or Saturday night. So that would have been a quite an interesting tattoo and, and I'm sure that could have been done. Yeah. So if, if you if you had to have one of Big Mandy's tattoos from a book, which one would you have? <laughs> I mean, I know it's it's you know, you've got a good choice there, really, haven't you? But it's just Oh, on... I'm trying to think where there was. Um we had the pig that looked like a, a wolf kind of thing. Scooby yeah, that's the kind of one that I'm I'm envisaging. And then obviously Kerry's one as well, which was really big. I didn't yes. expect it to like come out that big. I was like, yeah. whoa. <laughs> um, yeah, I probably would have something like a pig that looked like a dog. Or, <laughs> <laughs> like, um, or, or like one of the kind of like, get her to do a celebrity one that doesn't look anything like the celebrity it's supposed to look like. <laughs> That's pretty much every one of uh, of Big Mandy's tattoos. Yeah, yeah. Well, I don't know. The guy from MasterChef looked quite like. <laughs> That's true. <laughs> that is true. I'd like to see like like. Um, did she have a cat one? I think I can't remember. I don't think she had a cat one, did she? But I'd like well, to see. A yeah, cat the pig. One. The pig sort of looks like, like a cat stroke. Yeah. Wolf stroke. Any other animal yeah, apart from a pig. <laughs> I mean that's a big thing now isn't it though you look at it like it when, when people um are moving into a house and they're looking for a house they want what's it flexible accommodation you know you want a living room that doubles up as a playroom and a kitchen that, that's also your dining room but could be a family room but you know and all this this shit that estate agents tell you you know um and and again like I don't know, you probably don't know this, guys, but women, when you've got a handbag, you want a handbag that's got a compartment for this, but doubles up as a that and a person, and a, you know, all this stuff. Your phone, it does everything, you know? It's, it's mm. a TV, it's a la-la-la. Um, so why not tattoos? A flexible you know? tattoo. Flexible tattoos, you know? It's <laughs> this, it could be that, it could be, you know. It could be like those pictures that you, when you look at from a different angle, it's a different thing. Yeah. So that kind of thing. So one angle, it looks like a pig. Another one, it looks like a wolf. Another one, I mean. Oh, you know, when you're looking at the clouds and you see different, different things. Yeah. 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 And someone goes, nah, that's a dragon. Nah, it's definitely not. Definitely or a magic not. magic eye tattoo where you have to yeah. just look and stare and walk backwards slowly to see that. <laughs> Or those kind of those pictures in the 90s. Oh, shit. I hope I'm not the only person that's seen this. Um, 
we kind of had to look at it and kind of let your, yourself kind of go into a bit of a, a a daze and let your eyes go a bit sleepy and then it kind of jump out at you. Imagine I, a That would that. never work with me. I've never been able to get that to work. Have you not? No. I don't know what, what the secret Yeah, I don't know what the secret is. Viral things where you look at it and everyone's going, no, it's a red dress. No, it's a blue dress. <laughs> We've had conversations about that for a long time. Yeah, and that what was that one, that recording, whether it said Laurel, whether it said... Yanni or something. Remember that one? Yeah, I vaguely remember. Certain that people one. could hear it saying Laurel, and certain people could hear because of the pitch of it that it said a completely different word. Really, really strange. Yeah, I, I mean, I'm I'm a bit of a weirdo because I can normally get both things pretty quickly. Oh right, things. So I kind of like, and and it kind of depends when like, or I'll get something completely different, and I'll be like, I don't know what any of you are talking about. Doesn't say Yanni. Doesn't say Laurel. It says Nigel. <laughs> that's kind of usually what happens with me is I will see or hear something completely like songs for example I'll hear a song people say hear that new song I haven't heard anything like it I'll be like yeah sounds like Wonderwall you know like right 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 yeah (laughs) yeah yeah I'm terrible for that like all these these people that say oh yeah listen listen to this song so fresh so new and I'll be like nope <laughs> I can hear such and such in that. That's got yeah, the same yeah. line as this. That's got the same baseline as that. <laughs> I've heard those drums somewhere before. Yeah, Gina, <laughs> let's ask you about series three. Did it give you the mm. resolution that you wanted or craved for? Uh, what resolution? Yeah, because it's the final series that we believe. Well, I've got to be honest. I didn't like the vicar left. I think they needed him, but then everywhere needs a vic like that. You know, so I get that, and I thought it was really sweet that Curtin got that it was kind of his calling, you know, mm. needed to share the vicar and share the vicar's, I don't know if he'd call it, you know, if Kurt call it love, but he needed to share the vicar's um, being. Um, um, I would have liked... I don't know how they could have done it. I would have liked to have seen um, Kerry's mum. Right, okay. I've seen Kerry's mum. I know we saw elements <laughs> and we certainly were given visions. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> um, you know, to leave up to your own imagination. Maybe, that, maybe that's better. Maybe that was the cool thing. But yeah, I, I just would have liked to, even if it's like a photo of Kerry's mum. Do you know what I mean? Like, yeah, mm. something. To put, how how do you picture voice. her? Sorry? How do you picture her? Probably like Kerry, but older. And I reckon she wouldn't wear a lot of makeup. She'd definitely have a scrunchie. No, <laughs> there's nothing wrong with that. I wear scrunchies. They're good for your hair. What's, uh, a, scr- what's a scrunchie? <laughs> It's like um, like a hairband, like an eighties kind of hairband. Oh, okay. okay. Yeah, it's kind of material, and then normally, like the ones that everyone's wearing now, are kind of cool. They're kind of like you know the satiny ones, and the kind of maybe tie dye or just plain color. But the eighties ones were like horrific, you know, <laughs> like with sequins and. <laughs> and they were like a luminous, like the socks she used to wear. Yeah. <laughs> Day glow, like the cycling shorts and the yeah. socks. Yeah, for sure. I think, I think, yeah, I think she'd she'd have one of them in like somewhere in her hair, and and the only other thing I think she'd do is she'd just have this bright red lipstick or pink, and 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 that's it. I don't think she'd probably bother much else with 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 um, 
her hair and makeup. Um, I think she, what would she wear? I think she would wear dresses. Yeah. Okay, she'd like a frock. Right. Or a <laughs> caftan, something like that. Something that's just yeah. A- yeah, something comfortable, but loose, you know, a loose dress or frock, you know. Yeah. Kind of kind of floaty thing. And I can imagine her like looking like it's a pattern, you know, oh that's nice. <laughs> you know, like, oh look at that, Karen, that nice. I could just like imagine that. Like a pattern. Mm. You know? <laughs> I could totally, totally imagine. Yeah, yeah. She she'd like that. Or or like or like um Maybe like if she gets cold, one those eighty sweaters over the tops that's got like a print of ice creams or something over it. <laughs> ice yeah, cream. Ice, you know, <laughs> something like that. It's only food related, yeah. Or or with a Skittles logo. <laughs> yeah. yeah, or a big wolf. I got this picture. She wear one of those wolf jackets, you know, or jumpers that you see people in. Yeah, yeah, yeah. definitely, definitely. I think Kerry would nick that to be quite honest, because obviously Kerry wolf mm-hmm. tattoo. Kind of thing, you know. If you catch you off your tattoo, well then you show off yeah. kind of your wolf jacket. <laughs> yeah. So I'm going to talk about Kerry. Um, mm. As you are a beauty expert, if you were on this morning or one of those kind of shows, and it was a it was a makeover, and Kerry comes up, she's got a big date. She's got a uh, you know the biggest date. What would you do to transform Kerry into being the tomboyish? sort of look that she has what would what would be the things that you would do to um i don't know what's the word just to to, to make her into transformer transformer yeah um, like a like a makeover yeah like yeah. an absolute makeover okay. what would you do well to be honest um obviously Carrie played by daisy daisy's got this you know she's got great skin and she's actually got this really lovely natural coloring you know like the fair skin hair like really really beautiful so and and, I, and i've seen you know we've, we've all seen um how well daisy scrubs up she scrubs up well she absolutely so yeah. i definitely get definitely um pop some eyelashes on her definitely do uh you know an eye, eyebrow tint and you can laminate your eyebrows now which kind of fixes them in in place as well so they don't do wild stuff right. um so definitely do that i wouldn't go too much on the makeup because i don't think kerry would feel comfortable in that i definitely wouldn't put a dress or skirt on her at all i think think she'd hate that and it wouldn't feel like her at all I know that feeling because I I must admit um I like wearing dresses if it's the right kind of dress um <laughs> my kind of dresses tend to tend to make me look like uh, an extra from Star Trek and stuff like that. <laughs> I always end up in that kind of dress or just some black kind of dress thing um but yeah like like but I know how it feels I, I very much yeah, being in the countryside, I grew up in my jeans and and trainers and you know wellies. Never had to wear, yeah, you know, hated wearing skirts or dresses. Never had to wear them. Really impractical. Um, so I wouldn't put anything like that. Um, I mean, there are these kind of like you can get like sweatshirt dresses, um, which are really cool, and that's kind of still sportswear. So I think she'd like that. So I definitely, if, if she did want to go down the dress route, have a look at those. Oh gosh, this could be like a whole everything. <laughs> um. <laughs> Yeah, probably probably put yeah, put in something that she felt still felt comfortable with, like, you know, some nice jeans, um, some really cool trainers, maybe with a bit of bit bling on them if she fancied that. But keep it sporty, you know. 
kind of keep it keep it like that that sort of sporty feel because she likes the sportswear mm. so i want her to feel like herself i'd like to see her hair down i think that'd be you know interesting to see kerry with her hair down maybe a bit of curl yeah that'd be nice i think well, that could be interesting when she did the door work she rocked a good shirt Yes, it does. She did actually, yeah, yeah. She looked very smart and definitely looked the part, very professional. Yeah, <laughs> definitely, definitely. But you know, it's not very often we saw um, Kerry in lighter colours like that. I think that's a white shirt, if I remember rightly. Yeah, white. it was like a, yeah, yeah, it was like quite, a almost um, like, yeah, it was yeah. kind of like a school shirt a mm, bit. Really. Yeah, yeah. But, um, yeah, uh, but it just shows like she can get away with wearing lighter colours as well, which is quite cool if. You know, because normally we see her in sort of like a dark T-shirt, maybe red covers this winter town colours, obviously. Um, but you know, it just shows that that she's, um, you know, not everyone can do that. You kind of set to one kind of colour palette, but I think she could wear a bit of everything. You know, we'll get her skills T-shirt as well. <laughs> <laughs> Match with her mum. <laughs> yeah. So talking about fashion, then, is that something you always wanted to do? Um, I was always interested in it. Um, uh, my my you know being a child of the 80s my mum was massively into music and fashion and the first kind of my first kind of image sort of icons that, that I noticed and related to were David Bowie and Adamant um okay. so yeah so kind of and, and I mean 80s fashion had a a, a massive impact on music and because my mum loved music so much and I love music as well and, and you know back then it was the age of the the kind of dawning of the age of the music video you know um so how everything looked mattered more than ever and there's always been that synergy that's why I kind of kind of by myself involved in both industries I think there's always been that synergy between music and image and fashion so you know that's where the two cross over for, for me which is which is great because it, it just does it all goes together because with Bowie have been um is is interesting his music would have still just been as good i think but would he would he have been as interesting if he didn't have all the image that went with it mm. no it wouldn't have been as interesting to look at and he was one of the uh, one of the few artists that changed his image not necessarily along with the time but sort of preempted the time didn't he he, he changed his whole persona you know yeah. he had almost yeah. different like, aliases and 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 reinvented himself um and if you look at it all the really great artists in music um or a lot of them but certainly the ones I consider like mega artists you know they do that you know Madonna lover or hater I know I know a lot of people sit on the fence with her, especially these days but she's done that look how many times she's reinvented herself Gaga does it and, and Gaga's amazing you know because underneath even if you do like Bowie if you strip away all that image and all that all the all the artsy stuff and creative stuff you have got a genuine musician underneath mm. um you know so yeah interesting it's interesting it all synergizes it all goes together we could do that with kerry <laughs> i reckon martin, martin mcclough knows how to play the guitar well he wrote wonderwall didn't he so i mean, yeah, I mean. To, be, to be fair packet wasn't it exactly exactly <laughs> do you do you think the 80s was the was the main decade for that um because right in- in regards to like the whole thing of fashion i mean because I'm, I'm i mean 80s i think is my era in regards to the fact that I, I, I don't think the music was any better in the 80s than than any other decade it just it, everything seemed to mold perfectly whether it was videos fashion 
music, I think, better than any other decade. And I don't know whether that's just because of the age that I am. I think it probably feels like that because if you kind of look at music history, 80s is kind of like the sort of late 70s and 80s is when kind of more genres opened up and became mainstream. So you had hip hop coming through, uh, if I got this right, Sugar Hill Gang will kill me if I get this wrong. Um, like very, very, um, very kind of very, very late 70s, early 80s, um, which kind of opened the doors. You know, they were the first main hip, hip hop um, uh, artists and, and brought hip hop uh, music into the mainstream. Um, and then that kind of opened the doors to this whole new genre. And then you start getting these subgenres. And so you, you kind of, it probably feels like that because John, more genres became more acceptable. You know, you had uh, more electro, you know, which came in, that's because of the developments in technology with instruments, you know? So, so the way sound was being, and music was being made had, had, was changing rapidly and, and becoming what back then would have been like a real modern sound. And now today we just kind of relate it to the 80s sound. It's kind of retro now. Um, so yeah, it's interesting, you know, and I think that was a real, that decade was a real catalyst for all these genres becoming more mainstream and, and, and everyone, you know, it was like an, an awakening and awareness of all these different genres and types of music that it was. So yeah, yeah. Well, I agree with that. I love the ages. I have a question for you, Gina. Wham or Duran Duran? Duran Duran. Oh, look at that. There wasn't even thought, yeah, man. We like that. Why do you think? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> look at that. My, I've got lockdown is giving me 80s hair. Look at that. I mean, some of would like kind of like be like, whoa, not with any hairspray, you know? Yeah. yeah. Look at that flick. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, well, uh, as we're recording this, it was only a couple of days ago that it was the 35, 35th anniversary of Live Aid. Mm. yeah i know i mean where does the time go i mean i, I, I remember that so clearly like from, from you know when i was a little kid and 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 it's like everyone knew about it everyone was aware of it and everyone was was following it and loved it it, it sort of swept up the world really and and how unusual and uh, that you know we're kind of swept up in a very very different kind of uh notion right now as as a you know worldwide as a, as a whole planet you know so yeah yeah amazing yeah. so how has how has lockdown uh affected you in regards to you know i mean we, we talked um an episode or so ago uh to lucy nickel about it you know the way it affects your mental health and we were both saying that myself and neil have had have both the the opposite ends of the spectrum in regards to one of us hasn't done any work for the last four months and one of us has been working all the time and it it's different differs the way that you get up in the morning has it been particularly hard for you at all it, it well no <laughs> <laughs> i bloody loved it all um, right. <laughs> it's like being retired um yeah basically at first i mean there's all the anxiety around the actual virus itself which is, you know, and there's still a lot of that because there's still so much we don't know. And and also it is controlling. Where we had that freedom that we took for granted before is now controlling certain aspects and, and elements of our lives. Maybe not quite so much right now as it was, because obviously the lockdown's eased. Um, but when it sort of first happened, you know, at first I had all the anxieties about the virus itself. But day-to-day life at home wasn't too different because I was, um, my projects were from home anyway. Right. And, and at the moment I wasn't, you know, I'm not working so much in studios presenting. I've, I've kind of um, not taken a break, but I'm focusing on some other bits and pieces at the moment that I, I'm involved with. And I was very much getting 
prepared and and preparing I work with a lot of music artists so preparing them for like the festival season we were I mean we were expecting like a, a an incredible festival season um it was just kind of going to be my most exciting festival season yet um so yeah so from from a point of view of like kind of being at home I, I've spent many years traveling for work like all over the place and having mm. to go to London every five minutes um and in more recent times I have tried to cut back on that um <laughs> and just do the same but to festivals no no um, every, every every summer is like all over the place to festivals but but just you know travel a bit less um certainly in the winter so it kind of where we were just kind of coming out of winter into spring when it all happened it kind of didn't change too much day to day for me apart from the heart breaking fact that you know all these festivals were cancelling and all the bookings were cancelling all the events were cancelling so my work has diminished you know in events and festivals and, and music has diminished to pretty much zero because we and, and I would say to anyone is if you want live music if you like music and you like live music and you want it to survive um support your venues in any way you you can watch that live stream you know w- watch that um video show whatever it may be send them a donation if you can just you know or just share it you know just show your support um and again the same with the festivals if you've ever been to a festival and you liked it um the, the festivals industry is you know again really struggling so it's that's breaking my heart right now so kind of where there was this kind of like oh you know things will be okay okay well fine okay I'm gonna go and spend all my time in the garden and eating cake you know <laughs> I'm loving it so there was that for quite a few weeks and now more in the last just literally the last sort of couple of weeks really it's kind of really um dawning on me that when is the industry that I I love so much and all these musicians who can't make any money and these are professional musicians that would normally gig and make you know a a, a decent enough income to cover their living costs Mm. um and and it was their life you know their lives have been turned upside down and their incomes have been just just gone Mm. you know overnight pretty much and they have no idea when it's coming back either it's it's not like shops that are opening again restaurants that are kind of doing yeah. you know and, and and again on my my beauty side my my salons or my wonderful beauty in and home beauty industry people again you know have just been through the mill and it, and it and it genuinely is heartbreaking because most of those people started off self-employed and have built up those businesses in both both the music industry and the festivals, you know, they've started from little tiny festivals that were maybe 100 people, you know, to build yeah, yeah. festivals that are 10,000 people or even bigger. Um, and, and, you know, and all the teams and the work and, and, and the love that goes into both of those industries, it's, that's the worst thing about yeah. it all. Yeah. What is it you actually do at the festivals then, or are you just a punter? Well, by the time the festivals come around, I just get to enjoy them because I've done all my work. <laughs> um, I, I get bands booked for festivals, um, or I try to. Um, I get them booked to play on the stages. Um, so, for example, I had bands that I'd got booked for Glastonbury this year, um, Boontown, Victorious, um, Wilderness. Um, you know, the, 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 
so yeah that that's kind of what I do for them um I help them with a bit of bit of PR and development and you know help them support their careers but help them get paid <laughs> get paid gigs basically yeah yeah <laughs> yeah which is great well let, I mean we hope that it all um comes back it's going to take time which is the only problem isn't it and with mm. different directives who knows but it's something anything to do with the arts I think is one thing that certain people think isn't worth anything but they they so are they it's the thing that keeps people going you know it's stuff that gives people hope and you know it's it's such a shame that all these people are like you say it's not like it's a hobby for them it's their actual it's their job isn't it yeah absolutely you know? yeah and, and look at the facts and figures you know if you look at the the facts and figures um so i haven't got them right in front of me but they're they are astonishing for both uh you know just look at the creative industries now let's take music and beauty because that's the ones that i know best but if you just look at those two creative industries alone what they bring into the economy and the Mm. jobs you know it's huge we can't afford to 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 lose that two reasons a our our culture are built into to both of those things actually um very much so and b you know this is people's jobs but this is money coming into our country and our regions you know that we live in and and you know it's it's we're renowned worldwide for festivals and we're renowned worldwide for our standards in the beauty industry these are two really prolific industries that we should be you know really proud of because we lead in those yeah. as, as a country you know we're, we're we're amazing at that stuff so let, let's not let it slide and let's not lose that as lots of other things that are sadly getting lost yeah here, here completely Absolutely. bloody coronavirus yes. I mean, yeah bloody coronavirus gina so i need to ask you about this morning how did you get involved with this morning oh gosh that was a long long time ago my first appearance on this morning um it was quite funny actually I thought it was someone having a laugh um so basically I'd been writing for beauty magazines um like the, particularly the trade magazines um for for a little while like you know contributing articles and things um I'd been doing stuff on on local radio around uh around uh the, the shire and <laughs> uh and talking about beauty and answering sort of listeners beauty questions and things like that and one day, I think it must have been on the back of, of them seeing me writing for these, you know, various different trade magazines and, and professional magazines. I had this email from a guy called Joe and it was from Granada Studios. Back then it was Granada. And it was saying you know oh would you come in and demonstrate and I was really at the time I was really into tooth crystals and henna and all the very visual beauty um and body art and things like you know like spray on tattoos I could have done one of a awful looking at an arsehole you know yeah. and, <laughs> um you know stuff like that um and yeah so I had this email from Jazzy hey, would you come into the studio and and basically um do all these things on a model for us so then one of our presenters can talk about it on air and I thought this is one of my mates taking the piss having a bloody laugh because you know doing the radio thing and they they they, they're just winding me up yes bloody wind up and um so I didn't answer it but like a couple of days and then it kind of was playing on my mind and obviously I was going right who's done it who's done it who's sent this email and I looked at it again I thought well 
it's got a Granada email extension. Do you know what I mean? I thought, and, you know, and it had all this legal gump at the bottom of it and everything. Mm. And I thought, you know, and there was a phone number and I thought, and it was a London, oh, was it 0181, whatever it was back then? <laughs> whatever the area it was. Um, uh, yeah, and um, I thought, do you know what? I better just give the number a ring, just in case. So I rang it. Lovely old Joel answers the phone, you know. London accent, all right. <laughs> um, yeah, all right, Joe from Miss Morning here. That's more Australian. Um, and yeah, and uh, I said to him, I have this email for you, and I spoke to him, and, and it was all it was all for real. And I found myself going, yeah, 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 okay, yeah, I'll do that. Come off the phone, I was like, oh shit. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> what have I got myself into? But no, that's fine, it's behind the scenes, that's fine. Next day, Joel phones me up again. Tina. You know, you said you're going to come in and do, you know, all this this stuff for us, all the, the, do all these beauty things on our our model. Would you actually go on air and talk it all through? You know, for for the, for the viewers, will you kind of present it and talk it all through for us what you've done? Oh yeah, 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 definitely. Yeah, sure, Joe, no problem. I can do that. Got the phone. Shit. Five yeah. <laughs> <laughs> million viewers or whatever it was. Ten million was ridiculous uh, back then because we didn't have all the channels like we do now. Not well, we had some, but not as many. And yeah, um, live on air, you know, I've done live radio before. That was cool. Cause you got presenter pretty much holding, holding your hand and they're all lovely. And, you yeah. know, it was a shower listening. They don't mind. Um, you know, and yeah, live TV, but it, it was, I did it. It was fine. I really enjoyed it. Um, I think cause I was talking about something I was really passionate about that makes all the difference. Yeah. Um, so yeah, so that was it really. And then I, I went back a few times and did things for them. I did a reality TV show called The Salon on Channel Four, right? Um, which was a bit like Big Brother, but in a salon setting, and was really long days, but was insanely fun and incredible experience. Who was um, on that with you? Um, so there was well, basically there was a team of salon personnel of which I was the receptionist and celebrities would come in and have their hair done so you'd have some people from like that were viewers who had incredible stories which um no offense celebs but quite often for me the viewers were were way more interesting Um, and then you'd have certain celebrities I'm not particularly starstruck by by anyone that much you know for me like it'd have to been someone for me to kind of like go all silly um because well, I guess I, was, I, I kind of got on well with it because I didn't kind of lose my head over anything or anyone that yeah. walked through the door. Um, you know, my favourite was the, the guy, I think it was Paul Fenton, who was the drummer for T-Rex for a while. Right. Oh, right, so, right. Yeah, so that was one of my favourites because he was, you know, all I did was ask him about David Bowie, which was a bit naughty, really. Um, <laughs> but uh, yeah, he, he, he was great and he had loads of stories. Um, yeah, and the guy, oh, what was his name? Bruno from, from Fame, the original... Fame, oh. 80s fame the key he was lovely yeah yeah so uh yeah and that kind of it was it was so from like right from this morning and doing the writing and stuff it kind of snowballed into a bit of a tv career and then taking um so i, I worked for gwr fm Remember GWR? oh yeah gwr um, i used to go to their events and with, with a team of us and we were Black Thunder girls. Now you're probably not allowed to call. You have to be Black Thunder people, probably or something like that. Mm-hmm. Now, but we were Black, the Black Thunder girls, and we had GWR t-shirts with this 
snot green logo blazoned across the front of it. And we'd give out these sweets, not green sweets as well, bright, luminous, not green sweets. And the kids loved them. We just give them out in car stickers as well, so many car stickers. Um, and, but we'd have to do a live on-air link from every event. Of course, no one wanted to do it. And they would play up, they'd cause so much dip, they'd argue about, oh, who's got to do the link? No, they want to do the link. You know, and, and, um, and in the end, I was like, right, sod it, I'm just going to do all of them really not that big a deal all you got to do is go oh there's an ice cream van here and we're having a great day and the sun's shining and there's kids everywhere and you'd love it you know there's a cow you know like literally it it, it was it just you just have to, to say what you were doing and say what you see yeah. you know it was really easy and the presenter would lead you loads of just like you do loads of amazing questions anyway. yeah. <laughs> so yes yeah, so I ended up doing all those so that combined sort of combined with that kind of on-air experience ended up in and, and then the kind of in the, you know this morning as a as a kind of expert presenter I suppose and and then um doing the reality tv show and, and weirdly enough uh a chap called Andy from Bid Up TV do you remember Bid Up TV yes um came in, said, oh you'd be an amazing assistant when I was you know we did this auction thing for charity on the on the reality show on the, on the salon and he said yeah you, you, you know you'd be amazing come in and see me when this is finished so I did and I, I did a little bit of presenting for them and then did a bit of QVC and yeah ended up with kind of um a bit of a, a presenting career which uh, you know on TV which um yeah was, was, continues to this day <laughs> I pick I'm choosy I pick and choose what I do do you yeah. like working on live TV then has anything really gone wrong for you oh shit everything goes wrong um <laughs> no, no it doesn't um it's all really quite planned out it's a lot more relaxed these days um think where you've had like YouTube and vlogs and stuff like that has come in and that's a lot more uh, relaxed in its presentation style. I think that's influenced into TV and TV is a lot less formal now, which is, is really good because you connect better with the viewer. You're, you're, you know, you're more real, you're more approachable to the viewer. And that is what you're almost kind of trying to do as a TV presenter is almost like jump out of the screen and as though you're talking face to face for real mm. to that person that's watching. So always, you know, you always talk to the viewer um or, or nearly always um and uh yeah what was the question again because i was talking to you <laughs> working on live tv has anything ever gone wrong for you that <laughs> <laughs> there you go yeah. and um, <laughs> i'm just trying to think the sets quite often fall apart um you know like get a big crash or a big bang um cameramen trip over quite often the old boom mic, it doesn't happen so much these days, but that's always funny when a boom mic gets all used to, oh, I used to find it funny. I used to, I mean, that's a bit annoying, you know, like you'd have directors and producers who get really pissed off when something would happen. Who bloody didn't secure that book on the set? You know, you'd have them in your ear, you know, like, who didn't bloody secure that book on the set? It's fallen over and made a noise. Who's that? Someone's, you know, you know, and you kind of have this sometimes and you think, shit, someone's going to get in. Um, <laughs> But I, I would, you know, and again, the boom, I can think, and I, I kind of find it funny because I, I, I just thought it makes it more real. Mm. Um, the only thing you don't want is with shopping TV is, and this is why I'm picky and choosy because there's good products and there's a lot of shit as well. Um, and, and there's, there's, um, you know, the channels are actually really good these days. They don't, I, I, I quite honestly say they don't sell crap like maybe years ago, some channels used to, but um, I, very much have a rule that if I wouldn't buy it for 
or wouldn't have bought it for my mum or a close family member or friend or used it myself, then I'm not going to be the one on that channel selling right. it. So that's kind of, it has to, to, to meet my, my tests. Um, but yeah, the worst thing is if, you know, you've got a product that goes wrong, that's not a very good product or doesn't work properly. And, you know, you're trying to sell to this product to these people, you know, and that's their hard earned money and, and, and that's just wrong. So just don't, don't sell shit. (laughs) (laughs) That should be on the bottom of QVC adverts. Don't sell shit. Don't sell shit. (laughs) Yeah. Like literally. Indeed. I said in brackets, unless you're a farmer or manure seller. <laughs> yeah, and then that's good shit. Yeah, that's, that's, good, that's shit. good shit. Yeah. Well, it seems like you like you like challenges, Gina, which is one thing, which is good because we're going to now play Kerry or Curtain. Oh my okay. god. Okay, I'm going to give you a line of dialogue, and you need to tell me if it was Kerry or Curtain that said it. Okay. Are you ready? Here's number one. Yeah, yeah. One day he just kept walking into the sea, and he just kept on walking. Was that Kerry or Curtain? Oh, it could be either of them. It could um, be. It's not a, car- a kind of, it is just a statement. It's not a Kerry or a Curtainism. No. Um, I think Curtain. It was Kerry in um, the aftermath. <laughs> When they were, she, she had the picture of uh, Satan's fingers and going through each one, and that was pull my finger. That he just walked into the sea and just kept on walking. Oh, okay, number two. <laughs> I can feel, I can feel, I can feel him here. I'm getting this weird feeling. I swear to God. I, I think that's Kerry. That's Curtain. <laughs> in the Mandy episode, when he's searching for Rob Robinson, he's at, at Rob Robinson's yes, old house. I was thinking of something else. I was thinking of another episode. Okay, number three. Rob Robinson, yeah. There's uh, number three. That slugs. Look how young he is. Oh, I think this is when they're looking at the photos, isn't it? Um, that one is. Kerry. That was Curtain. No! Uh, It was was the Letter from Slugs episode and it was the holiday photo. Yeah. He's looking at the holiday photo and he says about Slugs, look how young he is. Okay, so that's three so far. Here's number four. Absolute waste of a day. That is definitely Curtain. That is Curtain. Yes, minor injuries episode as they're leaving the surgery. Uh, So that's one out of four. Let's go and see if you can redeem yourself with the last one. Number five, you're like Tony from Hollyoaks. Everyone else has moved on. That is definitely Curtain. That is Curtain. GNVQ episode talking to Kerry about leaving. Two out of five. That's not bad. That was a rough start, but a good end there. Two out of five, that's not bad, Gina. Not bad at all. Oh, I'm going to say get it in the neck from Paul <laughs> He's going to be like, you're rubbish. Oh, dear. <laughs> so um, we're coming to the end. I want to ask you about the future of this country because obviously there's not going to be any more um, British episodes, but there is the American remake that is uh, um, mm-hmm. obviously planned. How do you feel about it? Because obviously the the history shows that they've not got a very good... Uh, batting average when it comes to uh, making British episodes good in America. So how, what's your feeling on it? 
Well, first of all, I'm really happy for um, for for Daisy and Charlie because you know that that's you know to have a show that that, that is your show basically that 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 you know uh, kind of that then gets that international and especially America as well. That's that's the big one. Yeah. Um, you know, to, to, to cross that that bridge uh, uh, internationally is 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 massive. That's the whole whole blur oasis argument isn't it as well blur was international and and conquered america and and oasis kind of didn't Mm. um you know so yeah so so to get the blur effect um (laughs) is great so i'm happy for them i will it be the same totally not the same is american humor the same as our humor no no it's completely different so how that will work and translate uh i'm yet to see i think the better way of, of of kind of approaching it is probably to uh, think of it as something inspired by this country or influenced by this country, as opposed to oh, the American version of this country, because mm. there isn't another version of this country. It belongs in the Cotswolds. It's all about the village, you know, and and the goings on in and around the Cotswolds and. South Cerny and you know and Siren and all the you know all those places that we know and love it that's that's that is this country yeah that is about and and you can't you can't again <clears throat> it's kind of this country like what what does the the, the name mean I know I'm, I'm, I need to ask them this if I get the chance so maybe, maybe you can but um you know where does that name come from is, is it like this country is in this represents people that are within the you know certain pockets of the uk or is it this country is in this to us is our whole country or countries in countryside you know like it's, it's you know and i don't think americans can have that kind of feeling to even the name of the yeah i'm sure they got countryside in america it's not the same as ours is it no 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 it's going to be interesting it is going to be interesting i mean whether we're whether we'll get to see the pilot, I don't know. But um, like you, like you said, just for just for Daisy and Charlie, I hope it goes to series because then, hmm. then, then they can get paid, can't they? They'll they'll get yeah. they'll get themselves yeah. some. Uh, and some maybe Harry can one day learn to not be rubbish with their finances. Exactly, <laughs> exactly. <laughs> and Curtin can go to college and do his GMBQ. Exactly. Well, talking of all this, one quick question, Gina. Where do you think they would be if they brought them back for a 10-year anniversary special like they did with Gavin and Stacey? Oh, where God, do you think Kerry and Curtin would be? Where would Kerry and Curtin be? I think Kerry, funnily enough, will have taken over a, a, a little bit of that kind of those gaps that the vicar will have left. So I think she'll be running the football I think she'll have got to grips with old Marjorie, uh, chickens. It was Marjorie, <laughs> wasn't it? Mar- yeah. Margie. Um, yeah. So I think, I think, um, uh, yeah, I think, I think she'll be handling the chickens a lot, a lot better. Maybe have a little chicken farm. Um, I think she probably does online sales of Swindon Town memorabilia. <laughs> uh, still lives at home because um you know who else is is i'm gonna shout Karen! so so yeah um and you know like needs to, to still be burning pizzas and stuff like that um 
I think Curtin will have gone to Swindon College, got his GMVQ, um, and probably have like a supervisor's job at TK Maxx. His dream. So it's worth yeah. it. If you, even if you spend your lifetime there, it's worth it. Because mm. it's but you can't can't even add up, you know. You can't put a value on a lifetime lifetime discount at TK. I'm assuming they give their employees a discount. They better do TK Max. Oh my god, <laughs> um, he would yeah. be living the best life if that was the case. And I think once a year, at least, like well, maybe once twice a year, um, the Vix visits to see what they're up to, gives them advice and guidance. Um, Bollocking as well definitely brings them into the office for a bollocking yeah. and tells them about how tadpoles are spawning in the village. <laughs> um, thriving, thriving, thriving. In where yeah. he is now. Yes, every year without fail. <laughs> I think we, I think we should get him to start writing that straight away because I think that'd be perfect. That yeah. is my favourite, my absolute favourite bit of the whole thing is when they think they're getting brought in for a bollocking and it's about <laughs> tadpoles. I'm yeah. I'm always saying if someone did that to me, if I thought I was going to get a bollock and it ended up being about tadpoles, would make my year. Like, yeah. <laughs> that's, yeah, that's perfect. What a great way to finish. Gina, thank you so much for spending some time with us. Yes, You're thank welcome. You, thank you. Let's it's hope. Been, like, ridiculously, immensely, fabulously fun. Oh, that's good oh. then. Let's, and let's that's hope that the music business and all of the festivals get back as quickly as possible. For everybody else, and theatres and cinemas and the whole arts, all that sort of gets uh, gets back to normal. Gina, thank you once again uh, for being you. a wonderful, wonderful guest. Uh, Neil, do you want to get on and do your little bits and pieces? Absolutely, I will. So you can find us on all the social medias where you can come over, click a like or a follow us on WTC Pod. You can email us if you wish to speak to us or have any questions about anything that we do under WTAF is country at hotmail.com. And also we have a website where it has everything you need on there, including tickets for our live show next year on May the 28th. Yep. May the 28th. It is. Well done. <laughs> Such a long time away, doesn't it? <laughs> Such a long time away. And that will be under WTAFpodcast.com. That's it. And you can come and support the podcast. Uh, just go to patreon.com forward slash WTAF, where you can become a Patreon bozo. And you can also buy us a coffee as well. Just go to ko-fi.com slash pod and come and buy us a coffee to support the podcast again. Thank you, Neil. Thank you very much. Thank man. you very much, Gina, once again. You're welcome. Wonderful. Pleasure. Great fun. Thank you. Great. Thank you very much, everybody. And go and get plumbed, you fuckers. Scarecrow Festival is like the most important day of the year. Daft cow. This is just ridiculous. What the actual fuck? Hi, I'm Pav. I'm Neil. We're here to tell you about our new exciting project, the Top 10 of Anything podcast. Phenomenal. That's right, Neil. We grab a guest or two, pick a subject, then bring our own Top 10s to the pod. Yes. It could be Top 10 scary movies, Top 10 swear words, Top 10 breakfast foods, anything. Oh, you saucy devil. Indeed, Neil. Our first episode will be online very soon, so subscribe on all your usual podcast platforms so you don't miss it. Yes. 
the Top 10 of Anything podcast. Let's begin the countdown. Phenomenal.